And Charlie says, and I quote, shut up. <laughs> Everybody, we're sorkin' it in. Watching the newsroom, please take just a minute. It's a podcast. Aaron Sorkin might choose about Will and Mackenzie making the news. You're sorkin' in it. Welcome back to Sorkin In It, which definitely is a podcast about Aaron Sorkin's writing. I'm your host, Brian Warren. I too am your host, Lex Friedman. Yes, we did it. And here we are. We're, oh, we're getting so close to the end of all of the newsroom. That's yeah, unbelievable. And this is episode four of the final season, which means we only have two episodes left after this. This is the anti-penultimate episode, Brian. It's the anti-penultimate episode, a word I so rarely get to use. Anti-penultimate. When I think about the words ultimate, penultimate, and anti-penultimate, what's interesting is I learned them where the first word I learned was ultimate, and the second mm -hmm. word I learned was penultimate, and the final word I learned was anti-penultimate, which is the exact opposite of what those words mean. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but as you said, we're watching season three, episode four, contempt uh i'm assuming by now dear listener you've watched the episode but the hbo um key art for the episode spoiled the episode for me a bit oh, because it, sure it showed uh, it showed uh mac getting married it showed mac at a wedding so i knew that was coming uh, a few episodes ago you mentioned like oh don't look ahead at the key art because that's there's a spoiler the one. is this that's it? not okay. even the one uh, oh boy. i think i think next week's episode will show us what i saw but so okay. in this episode Will refuses to tell the government who the source was that uh, you know has sent Neil away for multiple episodes. Um, the new buyer for ACN, played by B.J. Novak, continues to really get under Charlie's skin, and Charlie and Sloan try to work on a plan to have somebody else buy the company instead. Sloan and Don and their human resources kerfuffle reaches a uh, thrilling conclusion. And uh, Mac, good old Mac, does two big things in this episode – a, she gets married, and B, she meets with her uh, secret source, who she now knows too. Uh, and then there's a Jim and Hallie storyline that is mm -hmm. frustrating. But Brian, what's your <laughs> overall take? You know, I didn't come in with a plan of what my take was. So uh, as you walk through it, this feels very typical for this season. And I I don't know. It's kind of fine. Like, I, I this whole season's been kind of like, yeah, pretty good not blowing me away i like this one i liked it more than last week um i thought it was fun i thought there was a i thought there was more fun stuff than filler stuff this week which is good and i tell you like uh, i am such a sucker for any wedding on a show <laughs> i get misty even when i know it's coming and i know like uh man i i just i'm a sucker for any wedding period like i just i cried every wedding why are they doing this to themselves? Yeah, I've been to weddings of strangers that I met the day of the wedding, and I still get a little misty. I don't know. I can't I'm, help I'm it. I'm totally with you, actually. I'm totally with you. <laughs> uh, my first note was, I can't press that skip intro button fast enough. I, I really do hate the theme song on this show. It does not work for me. I mean, it's still better than season one's, but yeah. Yes. Uh, and again, there's, we, there's no nothing to enjoy there. This is an episode that picks up right where we left off. It starts right at the end mm -hmm. of season three, episode three. Um, I wrote down carnivore oh because it was the name of the website carnivore is back uh, and hallie maybe got a scoop and i appreciated that there's uh people making jokes about the dumb names of all these websites and i think mm -hmm. the ones i wrote down were snitch weasel and frump i enjoyed that that was pretty good <laughs> i like how when rebecca got the subpoena she shoved it down her dress she didn't put it in a handbag or anything i also like that we saw ensorcelled again Some, someone mentioned the word ensorcelled right at the beginning of the episode yep it returns. And then very quickly we get, I think, a, a fairly well-handled rom com moment where mm -hmm. um, 
there's the question of what, what's Maggie's uh, boyfriend's name? Jack. Jack. So Jack is is posing this question to Jim and Hallie about uh, this mysterious friend of Maggie's um, who's dating somebody who's you know contributing to the toxic poisoning of culture, and <laughs> would that same person be willing to date a drug dealer? Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's very scripted, right? It's very rom com in the sense of like this was a very avoidable problem. Uh, Jack yep. is not picking up anything that Maggie is throwing down in terms of shut up, but Hallie mm-hmm. of course is offended. Uh, this is another episode that I think is unfair to Jim or unfair to who I believe Jim to be. And Jim has really become the new Don. That's uh, there's yeah. He's like an, it's it's a bummer. He's acting like a total jerk. And we we started out I think in the last episode where I said Jim is being a butt, and then later I said Jim is being an ass. Uh, now Jim is just still being an ass. Uh, but Hallie's being a bit of a butt too. Like she's she is not being a very um, kind partner in their relationship. Uh, she taught she, she and she did at least admit that she told uh, her coworker what to look for. But like, oof, that is a mean move. Yeah, no, Hallie, Hallie is horrible. So they're all, you're right. They're also unfair to Hallie here. But Hallie says, I told him what to look for. If I hadn't, I'd be I'd been betraying my job. And you know that it's horrible that I got it from you. That's not true. Uh, she no. could not tell them. They're allowed to have secrets with each other. And if she couldn't get it any mm-hmm. other way, then she doesn't have it. Uh, I wrote that's insane and that's bad Hallieing. I also wrote my note was every. Everybody looks beautiful at this White House Correspondents Center party. I thought the cast looked the best they'd ever looked. Every single one of them looked, I thought, incredible in this episode, in that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then she's sorry. Like, come on. Like, she knew what she was doing, and she did it, and like, whatever. We get Mac and, uh, I guess, Charlie and Will meeting up with Pruitt slash BJ Novak slash Ryan, the intern from The Office. Yeah. I thought, uh, again, he's a caricature of a character. Mm-hmm. I also thought that he was kind of michael scott like in this scene depending on how familiar you are with the office he yep. is amusing himself he's laughing at his own jokes like he he definitely is is channeling some steve carell michael scott stuff and um as i think i don't know if we talked about it last week but i feel like we both kind of had inferred it he's screwing with them like he's he made will come to this thing specifically because he knew will had said on tv that he wouldn't come to this thing yeah uh, he says to charlie it was not for a laugh don't be a child but that's to me kind of exactly what it's for uh, but then he says well you guys were really dicks to Reese and uh, uh, Leona. Uh, and uh, I wanted to show you that you can't be a jerk to me. But, like, I don't think this proves that at all. I think it proves that he's also a jerk. <laughs> I think they could very easily still be jerks. Yeah. yeah, and Charlie's not buying any of it. Like, he gave that pretty good little speech uh, about just how Prude is completely indifferent to talent, experience, and credentials and really kind of goes off on him. And he says, "Oh, you're delusional." And he said, "If I'm delusional, I plan to stay that way." I, I thought I thought Charlie was exceptional in these scenes. He, I love that he does not care one whit about Pruitt. And then his his departure line was, "We've got a problem now, you and me. Have a good evening." And then they cut away. <laughs> I really wanted to see how do Will and Mackenzie leave after that's how Charlie left. Like, what do they say? <laughs> well, you got a problem with Charlie? <laughs> like, no problem with me. Like, I, I really want to know what they were going to say. But it was funny. I enjoyed it. Yeah, we're with him. He just has so many weird comments. Uh, I just wrote down the quote, we don't need books. Like, <laughs> and he just kind of drops these things in. Somewhere he mentions prisons and stuff later. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, it's it's all silly. And he, it, it feels clear to me that Aaron Sorkin was having fun writing that guy. But that guy feels so unrealistic in a show that's reality-based. Uh, and if, if Sorkin really does know fabulously wealthy people who are that obnoxious, then I feel bad. Like, that makes me yeah. sad. Like, clearly, yeah. Elon Musk is an insane rich person. 
Um, and I guess maybe he would say these kinds of things and find everything he says brilliant and amusing. So I take it all back. Sorkin's right. I was wrong. God damn it. Yeah. And he, Elon probably often is the only person laughing at his own jokes, oh, too. So for sure. I don't know. And then we, we cut to um, Will testifying before the grand jury. Yeah. And really quick little scene there. I, I actually liked it because to me it showed will's ability to be respectful because he's just saying yes sir yes sir yes sir no sir no sir no sir and like he's not a jerk about it he's not flamboyant about it he's just he is he's a lawyer's dream on the stand and that he's polite and he gives the information you need i like that and it also um it i remember right when they get the subpoena rebecca kind of lays out exactly what's going to happen you're going to go at this time they're going to uh call you back and and force you to talk about this on the, on a thursday and it plays out exactly like she said at the grand jury thing so it was it was kind of nice to see that they're that it it cements her as being like a total pro in this whole thing and uh, things are working out exactly as we think at least so far as acn's lawyer who does everything for everybody yes she yeah. nailed it. <laughs> uh, they should hire some more lawyers so then we go to the hr guy and i was prepared to hate this hr guy situation oh, i couldn't yeah. believe it was still going on and they kind of brought it around for me i actually bought the ridiculous premise that they were building towards because the hr guy first <laughs> in these scenes we're, we're early here but he wants to know why won't don accept hr guy's request on instagram um which there's no way that the hr guy can do that can you know, no. compel him to do that can like none of it but i loved it and i thought wow this is ridiculous where is this going and then it's like running to make sure uh, <laughs> that uh, somehow she cracks this code but sloan realizes that don has just accepted this friend request and so she has to delete some photos that don has on instagram Mm-hmm. I don't know on it, her iPad because Instagram yes. doesn't have an iPad app. Yeah, which makes it only trickier. But uh, I don't know. I I I, did, I wasn't I wasn't buying it yet, so I, I've I've gone premature on buying it. But I do like how this storyline gets resolved by the end of this episode. Yeah, me too. I I was a little befuddled that Instagram made its way as a plot point into this. That didn't make sense to me. So Wyatt is a he's kind of a likable character. The, the way he plays him is not evil i don't know it, it hr could be like super evil in this but like he's he's it just keeps kind of showing up and he's like hey still here he's having fun and with he it. Kind he's of, loving he, it and he knows he he knows that he's that he's in the position of power and he knows that everybody knows that he knows what he knows i don't know it's, it's pretty funny yes i totally agree and it's, he's he, he's basically given a sitcom plot line in this episode which i enjoy mm-hmm. um I, I noted a piece of dialogue that somebody has with Charlie, although I didn't say who it was, but somebody asks, maybe somebody we don't know, says, hey, have you been outside today? And Charlie says, how do you think I got to work? And the guy says, I just mean it's a gorgeous day. And Charlie says, and I quote, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> then we get to Sloan and Charlie, uh, and he's trying to give her, he gave her a big list of very rich people saying, um, do you know any of these people? And do any of them have like $4 billion? And she says, of course I know all these people. Which included Elon Musk, Michael Bloomberg, and Larry Ellison. All those people that apparently she could just text at any given moment. Which I actually believed. Every like every reporter I know who's like in that sector, like the finance sector, can text mm-hmm. those people. Uh, and then it's kind of on them not to... Uh abuse it but yeah no that that Mm -hmm. that felt believable to me it was funny to hear how right they were in retrospect like the the sorkin's calling elon musk is wanting to own a media company pretty early Mm -hmm. Uh, so i I don't know i was impressed um i didn't like it though (laughs) (laughs) oh and i I appreciated that tony dodd that fictional ceo would would take sloan's call um 
And I, I really liked Charlie's transparency with Sloan in that scene because he says, it doesn't matter that I don't like him. It matters that I'm scared of him. Mm. And I really appreciated Charlie saying, like, yeah, I could fight with him on all these things. I could fight in the same way I fought with, you know, Reese and Leona, but mm-hmm. I'm tired and I don't want to. Like, I really kind of appreciated that honesty. Like, his issue is... Uh, yeah, I could do this. I don't freaking want to. Yeah, and he works with people all the time that he doesn't like. Uh, but like being afraid of someone or of what they could do to the people that you care about, that's that's a different level of uh, concern. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I um I, I, I liked I liked what Charlie was thinking and I liked how he said it. I thought that was good. And so then <laughs> then we go back to Jim being a horrible boyfriend. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, they're back in, I think they're back in his apartment, right? And uh, he's kind of trying to be supportive because she's supposed to be writing about more personal things in her life. And I wrote in in my my lines here, will he screw it up? Then my next bullet point is, yep. Because she's going to write about plan B. He is. And Mm -hmm. she's telling him about how, you know, they they want her to do more personal pieces. And uh, he says, after a moment, does your letter start... Does your piece begin, dear penthouse? Oh, Jim. Oh, you're such an idiot. And I'm like, bro, bro, what are you doing? Um, Why is he doing it? Like, is he is he at the point where he's like sabotaging a relationship that he knows isn't going to work out at this point? I, that that's where my mind is going to this because like, there's this does not help anybody's case for him to be making her even more mad. I I. It really is, and we talked about this last week, it really is Sorkin just making Jim be horrible. Like, there's no justification for his behavior unless the plan is they're going to break up so we get up with Maggie. And if that's where yeah. it's going, I don't like it. Because uh, I like Maggie's boyfriend situation with Jack, and I like Jim and Hallie when they're not being jerks to each other. Yeah, he's but funny. Th- Jim is awful, I think. Like, just totally awful in this relationship at this moment. Yeah. Didn't like it. Didn't like it. All right. I have my, and next to my notes, I have Don and Sloan working the story. What story were they working? They're working the story, the uh, Equatorial Kundu story, like right. the big story. They're trying to, Mac has been given a deadline of uh, Wednesday night. Then she assigns like Don Sloan and everybody else to go work the story and get it ready to, uh, to air. Yeah, and it's, you know, Mac won't tell them why she's got this deadline that she's been given by the actual source. Uh, and I think she just should. I think she like she could just tell him like because I have it on good authority that it'll get released that they'll release all the files if we don't like just say that. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know why she doesn't. Uh, but she leaves and she says, "Don't ask me where I've been when I'm gone for four hours or whatever." <laughs> uh, and so then we now we get to meet Tony again, that CEO, uh, and they're having sushi. And Charlie's concerned about why they're having sushi if she doesn't eat sushi. And I was looking up this actress because I knew I'd seen her and stuff. And do you know some fun facts about the actress who played Tony? Her name is Talia Balsam. Uh, she was previously married to George Clooney. Whoa. And she is currently married to John Slatterly of Mad Men. And she was on Mad Men. I don't know if she was related to John Slattery on Mad Men, but she was married well before she was ever on She Mad was Men. married to Roger Sterling in Mad Men. So, and that was Tony Slattery's character, right? John Slattery's, yeah. Or John, yeah. Yeah, so... Huh. She played so they were married in Mad Men, and now they're married in real life. I think it was the other way around. I think they were married in real life first, um, which is cool. Uh, and so they have that scene, and we know that Charlie's uncomfortable that she didn't eat sushi. I didn't think anything of it. I did not think it was Chekhov's uneaten sushi. It turns out it was. Uh, 
uh mackenzie's going to meet her source and has the cab wait i feel like people only ever tell the cab to wait in tv shows and movies i've never done it you've never done that no i guess now in the era of uber it would never happen again but i've never said like hey just wait uh, I've, I, I mean there she's in the middle of nowhere so i get it but normally i'd be like way too self-conscious to make somebody wait uh, <laughs> and the source is sitting lily is sitting in the pouring rain and i found that fascinating like i thought that was an interesting character trait that she just no one, mm-hmm. and they even commented well i mean how could they not but it's not like a little rain she's like soaked to the bone and just nope that's how i'm yep. gonna wait i thought that was a little bizarre but i liked what it meant uh i do not like mackenzie in this scene though and i'm curious for your take because mackenzie says if you dump the documents i'm gonna quit my job as a journalist and turn you in at the fbi yeah uh that feel felt like somewhat of an empty threat i don't think that that i'm surprised that that resonates at all with the source um yeah didn't feel right didn't feel right and it would still be mackenzie totally betraying her journalistic ethics like even if she says okay now i'm not a journalist anymore like were you ever if that's what you do yeah so, it made uh, a lot more sense when she was trying to appeal to uh the source's humanity you know the the guy he needs more time to get his kids out of the country like that's a pretty good reason to wait a day you know uh and then it was just like boom i, I guess i'll just threaten you instead yeah didn't like it and then i guess helping us see where things are going we go back to uh maggie and jack and maggie's boyfriend says he is the runner-up to jim mm-hmm <laughs> uh maggie's response is you really believe that which is decidedly not a denial of the fact that maybe jack is yeah. to jim by the way we've <laughs> seen jim as a boyfriend maggie jack's the better boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't ask us no yeah yeah he he says you're into jim you don't want to be a jealous cliche so you defend hallie for show it's a pretty good little line there pretty good yeah uh, and then i started to have what i thought was a realization that turned out to be wrong so i'll tell you and i wrote it down in my notes because i was so proud of myself like oh they're gonna get married now so that mm-hmm. she isn't compelled to testify against will mcavoy in some way because she also knows and will knows she knows but if they're married they don't have to testify against you. Mm-hmm. and that was not a plot point at all so i was just totally wrong that's that's exactly what i thought was going to happen too though Lex. <laughs> uh, then we get to maybe the biggest security lapse of the entire show worse than the the leaker who contacted neil Hallie, who has been fired, still has a security key to get into the ACN building. That seems insane to me. <laughs> you and I have worked at some big companies with security keys. Those things stop working the second you've been terminated, probably a minute yeah. or two before. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it is shocking that Aaron Sorkin thought that that would work. Um, I don't know why it needed for them to have that breakup scene at ACN anyway. So, like, it could have happened anywhere took her badge around off from around her neck and like right gives it to jim ceremonially right 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 the in the universal sign of like we're through i don't need to trespass here anymore <laughs> and the whole reason she was fired is because she did something that she shouldn't have done like uh, uh on acn's behalf like yeah. th- that's an extra good reason to like not let her back in the building it's a, th- there's a lot weird i don't i didn't know what they wanted me to take away from this scene with jim and hallie jim wasn't offended by hallie's because it turns out hallie wrote a different piece she wrote about having a crappy boyfriend i guess i don't know mm-hmm. and jim wasn't offended that hallie invaded his privacy and by the way she didn't only people who know hallie and jim would know that she's talking about jim so the only people whose privacy who who have it the only people who could know were people who already know so that part didn't i was like of course he shouldn't be offended uh, it turns out jim is drunk which means he's vetting docs while drunk which seems like it's not great uh, i liked the moment where Hallie sits down next to angry Jim like they're fighting I don't even get what he is mad about in this moment quite honestly um but she sits next to him I thought that was sweet but then she like you said gives the security badge of breaking up uh, and then they have a weird exchange I'm gonna miss yeah. you you're gonna miss a lot of things Jim like how great it is to be with me like I, <laughs> or 
are like you're doomed in life because you're a jerk like i really don't know mm-hmm. and i wrote they are a bad couple mostly because jim sucks but also sometimes because hallie sucks <laughs> yeah yeah it's they they were a great couple they were earlier uh and i don't know it's like the 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 closer they got together or the more that they worked together or the, I don't know, like it, it just, it just get kept getting worse. He, he said something like it took you five days to give you, get your, to give yourself your own reality show. That feels like he just lost complete respect for her and could never get it back. And uh, basically respected her based on her journalistic integrity that she seemed to have earlier. And um, that's not, you should be able to have base more of your relationship than on like what uh, particular job your partner has at any given time. But Jim's not listening to me either. I think you should get off his high horse. I think he's wrong. ACN also does reporting for ratings. Yeah. There were whole episodes about how they sometimes have to do stuff for ratings. Like the fact that she is writing stuff to get eyeballs. What else should she do? Like, I don't know. I think Jim, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm so disappointed in the downfall of Jim. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we get a scene of a, a nicer couple. We get Mac and Will in bed. And uh, he's not worried about jail, I guess. I liked their little wake-up scene because he was sleeping like a baby, right? Yes. And then uh, the, it's like one thirty in the morning. And then she just like, should she like shove him on the arm or like punch him in the back or something like that? Yes. And then they're like, oh, I guess we're talking now. Uh, th- there was something very um, kind of intimate about that wake-up scene that just made me feel like so happy about them as a couple i agree i thought that they were depicted very sweetly in this episode again like they were last week uh and this is when uh, mackenzie tells will that she knows the source too and he's like you must never tell anybody what you said to me i thought that was interesting too like uh, (laughs) i'm gonna give a very dumb analogy but stick with me go go on a ride with me here for a second I was in a competitive acapella group in college called Spur of the Moment. Uh, we like if you ever saw those Pitch Perfect movies, we lived that life. We competed at Lincoln Center, like we did the thing. And every once in a while, we couldn't get the whole group to be available for a thing. And so a question would come up: How many people is enough people for it to still be Spur of the Moment? We can do a show with one person missing. We can maybe do a show with two people. Mm. But what if, what if only eight of the fifteen can be there? Is it still? Uh, and ever like the prevailing feeling was no. If it's just eight people, can't do it. And then the musical director, while we were recording an album, I can't believe I'm telling this entire story, was like hey i have the special <laughs> bonus track owner record for the album who can come and like six of us could come and so we all go and do this and he's like and while we're there at that recording he's like it's interesting that you're all willing to do this track where it's just going to be six of us and we'll consider that spur of the moment but you wouldn't do the thing mm. and it's like well the rules um apply to everybody but sometimes when it's me like it's a different thing and i say all of that because i think that journalistically and ethically and morally and as a lawyer all of those things will should be like wait you also know the source we have to acknowledge that you know the source uh, but you know fiance will and in love with Mackenzie wills like nope those rules don't apply here like we're just never telling anybody <laughs> and we'll just never acknowledge it and mm-hmm. uh, I don't I don't I think he's 100% right I think I'll do the same thing yeah I probably have done the same thing but I couldn't tell you uh, but it's I don't know I I I liked it because I thought it it made them more nuanced as humans to me maybe I overthought the moment but that's what I liked it's about. true like will can when he's really standing on his uh, principles can feel a little more one dimensional, I guess. And, and so like when, when we see him bending those principles because of deeper held conviction of like protecting the people he loves, like that's when he becomes a lot more of a human and, and that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's it. And then um, 
Mackenzie goes to visit sleepy and or sad Reese. <laughs> I didn't quite understand why Reese looked as bad as he did. I mean, I sort of did. Mm-hmm. But Reese, Reese made an argument that I think we're supposed to believe, but that is not my perception, which is that everything Will does is for Mac. Uh, and like she has to realize that like all the things he's doing are for her. Uh, and that's why he's going to end up going to jail because he wants to prove something to her. And I don't believe that's true. She doesn't even want him to do some of the things that he's doing. She's not impressed by some of the things he does. Mm-hmm. But I, I really feel like Sorkin's point is th- I feel like Sorkin wants us to agree with Reese, but that was not my personal take. Yeah. He, he said something like uh, selling the company is the only way we get to live to fight another day. And Max says something like, do we ever get to win one or something like that? And that gets to a little bit of, multiple comments through this whole series that you've said where it's like why can't we just see these people win one and uh i think i want to agree more with mac than reese here yeah um and then reese is also there i guess to pull the plug (laughs) and say hey you can't do this story uh all this the thing you've been working with the source and all the research like we just can't report it at all because of legal exposure that would ruin our ability to get acquired so the whole team is pretty grumpy uh, and sloan goes to comfort uh an unhappy don gives him a big hug mm-hmm. and the hr guy's like hi <laughs> and then there's two fun facts one is uh, uh sloan had already sent a letter the way you're supposed to to hr saying by the way we're dating so she had already disclosed it and two is the whole time why was just screwing with him <laughs> like he knew yep uh, and he was doing it for fun because he was about to not even own them anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the fact that the the whole time Sloan knew that she had sent this note and was like, I'm just, I was just hoping it would never come up. Like, just hilarious. Just truly hilarious. And I like it as a part of Sloan's personality because she's actively involved in all the shenanigans of hiding what's going on. And uh, she knew the whole time. <laughs> it's just, it, it cracked me up. <laughs> yeah there's like some naivete there that's like very charming i I really like it and uh she said she had a great line there she said don and i make decisions about lying on a case-by-case basis and (laughs) it's pretty good and then um we get some more information about bj novak because now we feel like uh uh, we feel like um sloan makes charlie think that uh madman wife is going to buy the company and then it turns out that that character was really just using them to pump up another deal she was doing, but she can't get word to Charlie in time. So he storms. He's like, don't do this deal. Blah, blah, blah. And, but we realize we learn in this scene that BJ Novak has been basically screwing with Reese since college. Uh, that some of this is personal animosity between these two rich, privileged white dudes. And, uh, Charlie storms in, then finds out, nope, sorry, not what you think is happening is not happening. And BJ Novak says, you're going to love me, Charlie. And Charlie says, no, I'm not. And then I'm great. And then, of course, in an episode where we keep giving good characters bad moments, we give Charlie a bad moment where Charlie has to be restrained from physically attacking BJ Novak. Uh, My note was get out of here. Ugh, as you and our listeners know, I hate when people are like suddenly ridiculously violent because I don't feel like that's a real world thing amongst civilized humans. And uh, in my head canon, that part didn't happen so now you know. yeah uh i must have blocked it out too because especially even if you're like kind of someone who would who would punch some you're not going to punch the person who owns your company like uh i could get as mad as i want about uh my boss's boss's boss but i'm never even gonna it's it's not even gonna cross my mind to even say something mean to them my gosh yeah you know it's different yeah 
crazy. Crazy. Um, oh, and I guess this next scene is actually where Mackenzie tells Will. I had it in the, I, my notes got a little confused, but this is where Mackenzie tells Will to stop saying he when he's talking about the source. Oh, yeah. Uh, that she's yeah. met the source twice. And he says, Oh, God, you can never repeat what you just said. And I really liked Concerned Will. I thought that was sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as you and I both know, Sorky. That's what I'm calling him now. Sorky loves a courtroom, and we're back in the courtroom. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I did think it was a little bit odd that the whole newsroom crew had joined Will at the courtroom. Sh- shouldn't somebody yeah. be back at news night to cover the news and prepare that mm-hmm. night's show? Somebody's going to have to guest host. They probably need a team. Uh, but it's a good scene, and I am team Will. I think the government is wrong. Um, and I liked Will saying, I actually agree with the other side. But here's why you shouldn't do this. I really like Will saying, in this kind of case, jail time can only be coercive and not punitive, right? You can only jail me to get Mm -hmm. me to reveal my source. Mm -hmm. And I would like you to know that I never will, no matter how long you keep me in jail, reveal my source. And the judge says, we got to find out. I think both of them are probably right. right? I think that Will is right to say that. I think the judge is like, well, let's test that theory. Uh, The only thing I would have wanted Will to say, and maybe... (laughs) Maybe it was cut for time. Uh, but I could imagine Will saying, well, how long do you think is the most that you'd be willing to try to coerce somebody? Because let's do that, but let, let me know how long it's going to be. And they don't quite do that. But I thought it was interesting. Um, and then uh, it's Will who says to Mackenzie, I guess, I don't think you should wait for me. I think you should move on. <laughs> I think he's saying it as a joke, but it was funny. And, uh, and then uh, Mackenzie says, let's just get married now. Yeah. Um. And because they can't cover the the story anymore, the Neil story, uh, they're like, Who, who's a really good reporter? And Don's like, oh, I have an aged journalism teacher who now works at the AP, and they never let her do good stories. Uh, so let's send it to her. Uh, I thought that was interesting. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> I liked her getting all those files. Yeah. I was wondering, did they give her like the analysis as well? Or did they just say, hey, here's all the files. Do your own work. Like if she has to start mm-hmm. from square one, then it's not a lot of time. Yeah. Um, I, I'm guessing they gave her everything, like including their uh, how is exactly as far as they got, you know. Yeah, I like to believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. like that it was on Mackenzie Stationery. I wanted it to have Don's name on there, so the teacher knew that Don was directly involved. But whatever. Sure. Uh, I didn't like. We're doing a last minute same day wedding, mm-hmm. and we get a little montage. Will says this is men's work, but Sloan and Maggie are also on the case. So I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. But somebody's getting flowers. Uh, somebody's getting whatever. Charlie's at Juilliard. I'm like, why is he here? Oh, it's to find musicians. And I guess you can just mm-hmm. walk into Juilliard. They use ACN security. Uh, but um, <laughs> if it's a last minute same day wedding, you don't get all the things. You just do it. Like I thought sure. it was bizarre that they were trying to make it be a fancy wedding at the last second. That did not seem realistic to me. I mean, it, it was very improvised. Like uh, the way that they, they just bought cakes off the shelf and kind of assembled a little wedding cake off of it like uh i I could see charlie being like oh i (laughs) i know the security guard at juilliard i'm sure i could drum up a couple musicians right Um, (laughs) or i got fired from juilliard and i still have my key card that's right so will goes to convince the priest to do the ceremony not in a catholic church and i guess in catholicism you're Mm -hmm. supposed to do it in the catholic church which i didn't know uh, and then I thought we, we get this interesting moment where the guy's like, the priest says, the guy, the priest asks Will if Will wants to pray and Will says yes. And I thought that was surprising. Mm. And mm-hmm. it also revealed to me another Sorkin trope, which is that his heroic men tend to be religious. Um, yeah. Yeah. It felt very Bartlett there, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He does want to pray. And I did not think of, I don't know that we've seen Will as religious before. Mm-hmm. I, 
struggle to think about that too. And even when he said Mac is a devout Catholic, I was surprised there too. But I mean, right. people and, contain multitudes. Right. And he's willing to not do his wedding at the Catholic church. So like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I thought that whole thing was interesting. Um, I did think that some, there was some real musician overacting. <laughs> I don't know if those were real musicians or not, but if you watch that clip again, those musicians are emoting so hard on their faces. Uh, I also thought that the episode used overused Ave Maria because Charlie hears them that one person playing and is like, okay, they're the right musician. And then they play it again at the wedding. I'm like, I don't need to hear this song twice. Like, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that, it's not, I don't have an objection to the song. It just felt like, I've already been down this road. Like you've already used this poignancy and emotion. And I know you and I both read the IMDb trivia, but it turns out that uh, we see the sheet music and my son would have told me this right away. The sheet music is not what they're playing because it has the song in a different key from what we're hearing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it, but it was Ave Maria, right? And, it and was the sheet Ave music, Maria. it was just yeah. in different. Okay. Yeah. It would have been funnier <laughs> if it was, you know, uh, never going to give you up or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maggie is advising Jim that he needs to apologize to Hallie grandly. Mm. Um, again, I wrote, I, w- I wish this wedding were shabbier. Uh, shabbier, shabbier. And then the wedding, it, it almost looked like they were going to the wedding. Like as soon as he leaves the wedding, that's where he's going to get arrested. Yeah. I was surprised that they felt they had to cuff him. Like I feel like oftentimes if you're turning yourself in, you don't have to do that. And so that felt a little that bit. It didn't make sense. And it didn't it didn't beggar belief for me, Brian. Mm. Because I think that sometimes they want to show, look, nobody's above the law and like we don't give celebrity special treatment, so we would have arrested a Joe Schmo, so we're gonna cuff this guy too. But I also feel like a lot of times if you're willingly turning yourself in, they don't have to do that. No, because they said you have to report or you know surrender yourself by such and such time or something like that that usually means you just like go to the front desk of the yeah of the jail or whatever and and you're like okay i'm turning myself in you know there, there's no handcuffs involved at all uh it it was purely for show for us right. it, i don't even think they had like reporters there uh you know and he wasn't giving any statements or anything and i maybe i'm again i'm certainly overthinking it but I, I expected, and he goes to the church, whatever, he's getting all that stuff done. I expected that instead of wanting to go get married, he would want to go have a special moment, uh, go have a, a moment where he can get some coaching on how to survive being jailed, right? Like, I feel like that's a thing, especially that the wealthier people do of like, here's how to survive in jail. He's maybe not going to a maximum security prison or anything, but like, he's going to jail. Um, and I would I would want some advice on like how to how to make it through an indeterminate amount of jail time. <laughs> and he never got that. So I hope he's okay. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You know, uh, there's probably visiting hours where his jail coach can come in and give him a hand. Jail coach. That should be, that's a good TV show. Like Bud Garvin jail coach. <laughs> so one beggar of belief, or, or actually maybe this just uh, shows a, a big arc of growth that we've seen here is that, Mackenzie was expertly able to invite everybody to the wedding in like 10 seconds flat on her Blackberry. And here on episode two or one of the entire show, like she completely flubs uh, sending even the simplest of emails on her Blackberry. So she's certainly gotten better at it. She's learned or she just invited everybody. It's one or the other. That could be. She invited 100,000 people from the entire news uh, company. That's a great call out. Um I also liked Will being like, we just spent, how I don't know if it was a week or a month, but looking at wedding invitations and <laughs> debating cardboard and now, yeah, it's done. Um, also, everybody has the email push notifications on. They all get the emails instantly. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good, I'm guessing, Microsoft Exchange server that they're using over there at ACM. Good job. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's no buffering at all. I was tricked though. I thought that uh, I I did not think BJ Novak was going to buy it. I thought we were going to get a hero buyer instead. And oh, me they too. They fooled me. Yeah, yeah. They got me there. I do like in modern television. I feel like writers and people making television these days have embraced the silent notification on phones. Yeah. Like we watch movies and TVs now and you just hear a little, you know, someone's phone went off and they pick, they, they look at their phone. We don't need the little, uh, I think we still get computer noises when people are like typing and mousing and stuff. We still get that. But I'm glad that we at least uh, in modern times are doing silent notifications. I wish that we would, probably just show the phone screens less i think some shows do this better than others like because it can immediately date a show to show a really old mm-hmm. screen or uh, like that instagram user interface yeah, yeah. but then like uh, i can't remember what show it was but there was some show i watched i think it was a netflix show and it was a while ago but where just when the texting was a big part of it and the text would just appear as bubbles on the screen like they would mm, just show you mm-hmm. here's what that because texting is a big part of how people communicate and a modern show can use it and i think use it well but i don't need to see it on the phone where you either have to do a weird close-up or it's going to be hard to read like just put it right up there on the screen as its own little bubble graphic and i like yeah i've seen several yeah. shows do that and that's the way to do it um i like it so i don't know that has nothing to do with this episode of the newsroom but I, I did like this episode i thought it was good and uh we've got four five and six left or just five and six left which one do we just watch? five and six <laughs> just five and six so left. next wow is oh shenandoah yeah and if you look too closely that's the one where i got a spoiler mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, directed by paul lieberstein mm, toby toby <laughs> uh but brian i i'm yeah that's the key art i see it right there um i uh i'm intrigued i, I guess if we have to predict what's left to happen in the show yeah As, assuming uh, i assume will has to get out of jail <laughs> um, right i assume neil has to come back yeah um, I assume they do that without having to reveal the source. I assume I would like my expectations to be subverted. I want them to make me think that Jim and Maggie are going to get together and then they don't get together because they mm. don't belong together. But I think what will happen is they're going to get together or at least they're going to kiss again. Yeah. And, uh, Don and Sloan will also get married <laughs> and Mackenzie's <laughs> going to be pregnant. Those are my predictions for the remainder oh, of the show. Gosh. Wow. That is a lot. What's your take? Uh, I would have guessed that Will gets out of jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, the news of the Equatorial Kundu stuff, that's going to get out. Yep. And, and although, I don't know, we, we might have just wrapped it up with uh, the AP reporter getting it. So Right, that could be. So yeah, yeah. Will's going to get out. I feel like Jim and Maggie, um, I, I share your wish for something less tropey to happen but i think they are going to end up together i actually i don't think we're done hearing about kundu because i think that we're going to have acn jealousy when the ap reports it and it's covered mm-hmm, everywhere mm-hmm. but i don't know what's going to happen with pruitt hopefully and we I, I, don't get, have to see too much more of him i think we do um and <laughs> i i wonder if he'll turn out to be a better owner than we expect like if there'll be mm. some begrudging mutual respect between him charlie will and mckenzie Sure. They find some kind of working relationship. Because what else is going to be? Otherwise, that part has to end on a downer. Like, they just hate him. Or they all quit and form their own news network. It's hey, McAvoy go. Network. Mm-hmm. Or they all take jobs writing for tabloid blogs. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what I do know, Brian, for sure. Mm-hmm. I know that listeners who like this show should, you know, go write a review in, in Apple Podcasts. Have we checked? Do we have any reviews that we want to share on this show? Um, Nothing new. So it would be great if we had something okay. by the end so of the show. So you guys show. aren't doing it. Go ahead and do that. And Brian, I want to let you know, 
We did get some listener uh, message uh, literally while we recorded this episode. Um, I had told Brian before recording, uh, the day we're recording this episode, to date it, uh, is February 2nd, 2024. That's Groundhog Day. And it's the day that the uh, Apple Vision Pro came out. Mm -hmm. And uh, a listener of another podcast I do, The Rebound, gifted Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, a shirt that we made for The Rebound that has Tim Cook's silhouette. And it says, good morning. (laughs) And uh, to thank that listener for having gifted Tim that shirt, I had written to him on Mastodon and said, hey, let me comp you a Rebound Prime subscription. Mm -hmm. And uh, that guy says, he replied to me while we were recording. He said, that's mad kind. I was going to instinctively say no, but then that felt rude. Much appreciated, Lex. Heart emoji. P.S. I love Sorkin in it. This pushes me over to sub as well. I've just been lazy. Uh, So thank you, Jonathan, for listening and for giving Tim that shirt. That was very cool. Very cool. Uh, But so... Go rate and review us in Apple Podcasts. Uh, go give Tim Cook merch about Sorkin in it. You have to make your own, but that's your problem. Go join The Incomparable as a member. Theincomparable.com slash members is where to do that. And uh, obviously, we want you to keep Sorkin in it. And if you have an opinion, and you can get it to us quick, on what Sorkin show we should watch next, we already know. But if you have that opinion and tell us which one we should watch next, we can say that it was your idea. So there you go. Works for me. I like it. You know what I like, Brian? You. Oh, I like you too, Lex. Lex.